daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, and online at fanstreamsports.com. We're also streaming and publishing on YouTube as well. Uh, also, you should make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays and email us anytime. Locked on Rays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. That's Spotify Green Room. Uh, Ulysses, it is a Friday, and normally, traditionally, we're joined by Evan Klosky from Channel 10 WTSP, but he had bigger fish to fry last night, working late into the night and early morning hours as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won their first game of the season over the Dallas Cowboys uh, at Raymond James Stadium. So we'll give him uh, we'll give him a pass here. I think okay. he's he's been very very busy. One yes. thing I do want to note, uh, and it is football. The team just did win a Super Bowl. Okay, I get that. It is understandable. But packed to the gills and engaged was that crowd. If we can just get a portion of those fans to the trop, that would certainly certainly be nice for the Rays as they enter the stretch run of the season and hopefully have a similar success that the Buccaneers had recently. It would be nice to see if uh, Raymond James was in St. Pete and they get mm-hmm. that same crowd. Yeah. You know, uh, next to a U-Haul storage and... Uh, <laughs> In an old apartment building. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would get the same 60000 But regardless, uh, uh, you know, Evans has a wing hangover and he's he knows Tom Brady. So he, mm-hmm. he knows, uh, you know, the, those those beautiful people. So it's OK. We'll give him a pass. Maybe also he didn't want to, you know, preview Detroit Tigers against the Rays. Maybe he was like, you know what? Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like something I want to do early on Friday morning. So that's OK. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back when uh, the Rays get to play the Astros and the Yankees. There this season. Go. I think that's probably what's going to yeah. happen. But Ulysses, you mentioned it. Of course, the Rays having an off day yesterday and now begin a three-game set versus the Tigers who believe it or not are third in the AL Central and they stand at 66 and 75 on the year I don't know about you but to me I think they're exceeding expectations doing a little bit better than what people initially thought coming into the year considering they are the Tigers they've been bad for a very long time but they've they actually made some sort of half-hearted effort to sign some veterans that have been productive like Robbie Grossman and Jonathan scope to put around uh, a really young core that I think a year, two years from now really could be not saying they're going to knock off the white Sox or anything like that, but I think they could really be a competitive team over the next 12 to 24 months. When you have guys like Spencer Torkelson coming up, Riley green, Coming up, you've got a really, really good young pitching core uh, that includes Casey Mize, Tariq Skubal, Spencer Turnbull, Kyle Funkhauser. That's not even mentioning that we talk about how difficult it is for catchers to have success uh, at the plate. Well, the Tigers, believe it or not, actually have one of the best hitting catchers in baseball, and that's Eric Haas, who has like 20 homers in 80 games played. So they have 
a couple things going for them. Uh, again, they're not a, a powerhouse by any means, but they can certainly be a little bit of a disruptor. So I, if you're the Rays, you, you certainly want to take the series and, and take as many games as you can against the Tigers over the next couple of weeks because we do play them again. But I don't think you can just walk in there and expect to to roll over them, uh, at least as far as I would think right now. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a surprising season for the Tigers because it not only because if they have exceeded expectations, which I, I believe that they have, the issue too is that in that division, it's been kind of um, you know it's weird because yeah. yeah, I mean Cleveland Indians are not supposed to be this bad. Um, the, the twins, the twins were not supposed to be this bad at all. Uh, so so they kind of you know there were extenuating circumstances that have helped the Tigers be third in 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 that division. But again. They they have had a, a surge in the second half, and like you said, there are very interesting pieces around. Especially that that rotation could turn out to be something that 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 we all focus in in a couple of years. I still do, I I still think that they're a, a couple of years away, but it, it should be an interesting uh, series. And, and again, like you said, it's not only the three games here uh, in Detroit, but there's only f- there's also four games at Tropicana Field. Mm-hmm. So you've got a total of seven games here. That I know it's not going to be, you know, uh, it's not the Pirates, but or the Orioles rather, mm-hmm. but you still have a chance here to to do some dent here, and, and and by dent I mean four out of seven, five out of seven. I think you can still do that. Again, they're not as bad as we all thought that they were going to be, but a team that is going that is hoping to go to the World Series, that is hoping to win the World Series shouldn't look at a surging second half Tigers team and say, oh boy, we, we really can't get through this Tigers team. No, no. You're supposed to win four to five out of seven for sure. Uh, four for sure. Yeah. Five would be nice. One guy that's really exceeding expectations are doing, I mean, people thought uh, this guy's out the pasture. Your boy, one of your all-time favorites, countrymen. Yeah. Miggy Cabrera having a... Elder Statesman resurgence. He's got a 730 OPS, 16 home runs, and 66 RBIs. He's also on a streak of seven straight hits. I think it was against the Pirates. It was. Or a crap team, but still, he's he's doing work as of late this year. I thought coming into the season, to start the season, it was like, okay. Okay. He's done, but he is he's putting things together. Good for him. It's 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 funny, yeah. In his last 30 games, he, he's batting like he's a, a young, fresh 32-year-old, uh, 290 a, a slugging of 480 on base of like 380 something. So it, it's been really nice to, to see him succeed. Maybe he can be a little bit quieter or, or what I would want is a race victory mm-hmm. and then make it to do perform well. So that, that, that would, that would be the best case scenario for me personally. Uh, but yeah, n- nice to see him get going. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I really, I miss watching the Rays in different stadiums. Mm-hmm. And Comerica Park has always been one that I've always really liked. Um, I don't know if it was because I really did follow Miggy's career a lot. So then I used to watch a lot of Tigers games growing right. up. Uh, but Comerica Park has always seemed like a really nice ballpark, a ni- nice feel. It, it looks big, but also cozy. I don't know if that really makes sense. But I, I feel like if you're in in in, in uh, right field, 
and you get a power hitter like Miggy, you're like, oh, that's coming to me. Mm-hmm. That mean that the opposite head power, like that's right, right here. So if I want to catch a Miggy ball, <laughs> yeah. probably got to go right field right now. So no, that, that'll be fun for me. Yeah, I know uh, Nick Castellanos, when he was playing with the Tigers, would always complain about yeah. the dimensions of the ballpark. Like I can't, I, I really got to work to hit a bomb out of here. I might get like 60 doubles, but I'd like to have more than, yeah. you know, 18 to 20, 22 homers. Which by the way, yeah. which by the way, doesn't that speak to Miggy's prowess, mm-hmm. 500 home runs in that carnivorous uh, stadium. I mean, uh, put him in in Cincinnati. Put him any in, in any of those Sandlot. Put him in Fenway. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. Put him at Yankee Stadium. Are you kidding with that short right porch? He'd be just hitting dingers with one hand. It, it would be ridiculous. And I know people are talking about John Carlos Stanton and all that, but uh, he has a little bit of help with the stadium. I want to see him in Comerica Park for. For 10, 15 years. Yeah, uh, you mentioned it. Uh, speaking of Mig Cabrera, look, he's got one of the, I mean, he's he's set for many, many lifetimes over with his contract. Now, yeah. despite his success so far this season, there has been a decline over the last couple of years. And when you add in the fact his contract, he is owed $32 million next year. $32 million the year after that in 2023. There's also a couple of options available where the buyouts would be several million dollars as well. My question, Ulysses, speaking as of today, okay. will Mickey finish his career in a Tigers uniform or will the Tigers release or get rid of him before that contract is up come 2023? Depends on the team's competitiveness you said you threw out the word how how they can be competitive mm-hmm. are they competitive next year or in the year after because i feel like if they're not if it's something like this year then you have to play them because you got to get people in the seats the three the chase to three thousand hits is going to be very important for for tigers fans so you got to get people in the seats yeah. uh, this is a, every every time he'll pass somebody that's some that's a baseball fan that you as a baseball fan, you want to be there. Oh, I was there when he broke, you know, Jeter's record or whatever, whoever he keeps on passing. So that's something that gets people in the stadium. And if the team is not competitive, then you need a Miggy Cabrera. doesn't matter the 32 million. That franchise is not owned by Stu, so they can pay it out without a problem. The issue comes here is if the team starts to get competitive and Miggy is not having competitive at bats, sort of like what was going on in April and May, mm-hmm. then you do have a very tough decision, just like it happened with the Angels and Pujols. They just looked at, at themselves and said, you know what, let's let's get Walsh some some more at-bats. Um, and, and, and we want Otani in the lineup. And so those are the things that are going to happen. Again, I think the Angels fool themselves because obviously they're not competitive. Mm-hmm. So I think they might have made a little bit of a mistake there because I think Pools has been doing rather nicely with the Dodgers, but I haven't looked at his numbers. But uh, I feel like he hasn't been the same Pools from yeah. April and May with um, the the Angels than with the Dodgers. But we'll see. I think it's the competitiveness factor. If the Tigers are competitive, that would be a Pujol situation. If they're not, if it's something like 2021. You're going to see Miggy. I think we need to, maybe if he's still on the team come next year, we need to make a trip to Lakeland for a spring training game to watch him. I don't know if I the would Rays would play the Tigers in spring training. It would make sense, but that might be go to the old Tiger Town and yes. check him out and 
try to get an autograph or a picture or something like that and really, <laughs> really soak in that moment there. That might yeah. be something to do. Uh, there's a couple other thing, uh, a couple other things about this series uh, and matchup I want to mention. But first, we got to tell you about NetSuite. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system. That's because NetSuite gives you the visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. In fact, 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. So head to netsuite.com slash locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Right now, get special financing at netsuite.com slash locked on. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked on. Well, are you done working out? Are you perhaps recording a podcast Mm -hmm. and the sun is coming up and you're kind of hungry? You want something delicious, but you want something healthy as well? You know what I'm talking about. It's Built Bar. Built Bar, the the chocolate deliciousness in double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You think of a flavor and they definitely have got it. You don't know what to pick? Get a mix box and you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Check out the macros here. 17 to 18 grams protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs, amazing flavors. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. Um, Go to Built.com. But before you do go to Built.com, use that promo code for 15% off. It's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off on your order. So remember, use promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Ulysses, when was the last time the Detroit Tigers had a winning record? Ooh, oh, I got this. Uh, 2014? 2016. Okay. 2016, uh, they went 86 in 75. So they are now on a five, six, maybe seven, eight year rebuild. Woof. Man, oh man, that is That's not rough. fun. And that that also included 2019. I don't know if you remember. They went 47 in 114. Oh my goodness. So they are improving a little bit. They are getting there. And yeah. uh, I don't know if we had a little uh, technical issues with this is actually part two of our run through on this podcast but i throw out a hot take that i think that next year 2022 the tigers will win 80 games at least with some of the guys that they have coming up assuming that they complement their young up-and-coming players with some savvy veteran types be it a robbie grossman a candelario a, a scope whatever it may be i gotta disagree there okay because I, I feel like the Twins have more talent already in that team, and 
you know, to have such a disappointing 2021 season, I feel like the front office should make moves and should, you know, do something, uh, uh, you know, to, mm-hmm. to fix those flaws. And one of the reasons why the Tigers have been successful is because of the Twins, you know, you know, decline this season. So I feel like the Twins are the X factor here. If they get better, maybe Detroit kind of takes a step back. That's possible. Same thing with the Indians as well. Maybe it's more of a race to the middle where all those teams (laughs) are hovering around 80 to 86, 87 wins. And then you have the White Sox at the top. But I'll put it out there that, okay, they might not get exactly 80, but I think it'll be close. Okay. I think it could be very close. I think they're. They they've got some some guys to build around. They're at least making an effort here and, and going to bring a little bit of excitement in the coming years. So sure. uh, tonight it'll be Michael Walker going up against Matthew Boyd. Uh, Boyd is three and eight on the year with a three eight nine ERA and sixty seven strikeouts. Walker three and four on the year with a five five four ERA ninety eight strikeouts. Uh, disregard the ERA for a second because Walker has been really, really solid in getting there in the last couple starts. And I think, Ulysses, we've talked about this before. A lot of it has to do with uh, changing his pitch repertoire. Yes. Uh, last week, in his last start, no cutters. It was 50 fastballs, 24 changeups, and 12 curveballs. And if I had to guess, uh, for tonight, it would be a very similar profile to what he, he threw out there. Don't change anything. Yeah. Don't change anything. Uh, keep it. Curveball, keep the change, keep the fastball, scratch the cutter. The cutter was not cutting. The cutter was not doing anything. It was a meatball. It was a cement mixer. Yeah. Okay. I like BA likes to say don't. And he was getting hit on that so often. so hard. You know, every, every, even if you hadn't seen the pitch and, and you, you, you heard the sound or you saw the bomb, you could have guessed, was that a cutter? And then you'd say BA on the replay. Yeah, Mm. that's a cutter. You know, so Loving the fact that he's kind of ditched that. I, w- I really wish it, it would have happened sooner, but whatever. Regardless, if R- Ray's Nation has to understand this, if Walkup starts getting good results with this new pitch mix, I. This team is unstoppable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because I know everybody's the, the spotlight's like, oh, we don't have a rotation. We don't have a rotation. Now, if you have a, a Drew Rass Musson with a Shane McClanahan at the top, that that's that's really nice. But then you have Waka, Archer, Yarbrough that could provide some innings, Patino. Like now you start to see how it can, you know, take shape, and you've got the best bullpen in the in, in the American League. It, it, it's it, it becomes a really really taste uh, group of of guys that can really get you to the promise and and, and to the World Series. So Waka being good, Waka getting good results, Waka ditching that cutter and saying I'm going to be change up curveball. That's good things, and and let's let's hope that it works with uh, with the Tigers. Yeah, heck, I mean Michael Waka kind of earned his spot over Chris Archer because that was the thing. The Rays, were we going to go with a six-man rotation or go back to a five-man rotation? And Archer, for all intents and purposes, as of right now anyway, has been relegated to the bullpen in a relief role to provide help for Waka and or Luis Patino. Uh, There's some other roster updates as well uh, to look for tonight. I believe Brett Phillips is eligible to return 
from the IL after missing 11 days with a sprained ankle. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Rays send Josh slow down or make another move. And then uh, uh, on the pitching side of things, Matt Whistler is headed back to the IL after making five pitches. It almost sounds like that. It sounds like a Chris Archer footnote from earlier in the year. Uh, there goes my conspiracy theory about uh, the Rays bringing out Whistler because they didn't like the matchups. They didn't like the ball coming out of his hand. Uh, and they're like, okay, hey, take one for the team. Say you're hurt. Say you're injured you. so we can bring in Shaguan and finish this thing out. But no, it looks like he is legitimately hurt unless they're really leaning into and really trying to convince oh. people. But I think he's, yeah, I think he's done for a little bit. He's struggling. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, again, Whistler and Shaguar, you know, slider heavy guys. It's not like, you know, yeah. there was a big difference there. But yeah, too bad for Whistler. Again, he's been tremendous with the race, a 230 ERA in almost 30 games. So, He's had a really nice resurgence because with the Giants, that was not the case at all. But again, Kyle Snyder and and the race front office saw something and um, it's been working out, though. The the issue with the inflammation finger that that really sucks. But again, it's what, September 10th today. So you would hope that two weeks on the IL that would get him a couple of outings at the end of the season where he could kind of get some rhythm into the postseason, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I, again, there are other arms on the IL, <clears throat> Nick Anderson, <clears throat> that um, that would need a spot. Yeah. So if if somebody's injured, um, you know, there's definitely a guy who you want to have in the bullpen in October, rested and and with fresh bullets. Oh man, I, I, if Nick Anderson comes back, like I know, I'm yeah. I'm total, you know. But if Nick Anderson just comes back the way that we have seen him be in 2019 and 2020 um, in the regular season, oh my. I, mm-hmm. Like you can start wrapping that World Series trophy up and sending it to number one, St. Petersburg, uh, Tropicana Field, whatever yeah. the address is. You get my point, people. That's where you send it because that's game over. Game yeah. over if Nick Anderson is there. You know, what What, what was it? The, the, the breakdown, wasn't it? Like, 20 innings and then like 41 strikeouts something and 41 oh. strikeouts and like two walks in 2019 something ridiculous mm-hmm. something like video game like so if he comes back any any like like that oh my i'm excited yeah uh by the way do you know who the rays called up in sending matt whistler to the il i can definitely think that it would be a slider heavy guy that was selling solar panels and it's his 11th time with the rays mr lewis head yes the 31 year old rookie has been summoned again man taking one for the team and he's actually been as anonymous as he is, he's been very solid and productive in his yeah. time with the Rays. And Fangraphs actually did a really good Q&A with him where, again, he was maybe never going to pitch again. He was doing very well with the solar panel door-to-door sales and, and everything that went with that. But he he went in depth on how the Rays really had a heart-to-heart with him on changing his arm slot to further develop his slider and to get more horizontal break and separation from the fastball. And that's been a big thing for him, clearly. So we'll see how long of a stay that he has uh, with the Rays. Uh, Before we move on, and usually, uh, Ulysses, back in the old days, before we had Evan Klosky on the show, we had our own trivia segment. We will be bringing that back in the next couple minutes. So that's a little 
throw back there, have some fun. I'll try to stump you with something. You'll try to stump me with something. But one last thing I want to mention uh, on the Rays and, and, and talking about this series. So Mark Topkin did a write-up and, and put some really interesting numbers together. And I just want to get your take on which of these numbers or stats do you think is most impressive or most striking to you. So I'm going to run through them and just get your, uh, get your take on which one you think is okay. That's the one I, I love the most out of all this with the race. So one 13 raised pitchers have a save 6.58. That is the amount of runs per game. The Rays have been averaging since Nelson Cruz was acquired July 23rd. Uh, the Rays are 43 and 26 on the road. Uh, 38 games, of course, that marks uh, Wander's current on-base streak. 58, that's the number of different players used this season by the Rays. 46 and 21, that is the Rays record against AL East opponents to date. 62 homers, 62 homers combined between a Rays second baseman and a catcher. Uh, and 43 come from behind wins. Out of those seven, eight numbers or stats I gave you, which one is okay? That that's pretty freaking awesome. I mean, they're all great. But they're all great. One, yeah, yeah. And so by picking one, you're not negating the the greatness of the other. Yeah. Um, but I would have to go with look, man. As a race fan, the one thing you always were harping on was the damn offense. I mean, does mm-hmm. everybody remember James Shields throwing a damn shutout and then getting one solo homer shot and then losing the game one zero, even though he struck out 13 guys. Yeah. Like those hurt. And that was all over the rotation. I mean, that was all 2012. Um, that was all two. Tw- I mean, it, it happened all the time. It sucked. Mm-hmm. The whole thing we were, ha- were, were hoping for is a, a damn good lineup and just people that could handle the bat. So one of those numbers, 6.58 runs since July 23rd. If you look back at the people that they've, they've, they've had to, to play against Boston, Yankees, Minnesota, Baltimore, White Sox, uh, Boston, many times it, it they're putting these numbers up. It's impressive. If you would tell me that they're averaging 6.58 runs for two weeks, I'd be like, okay, that's, that's neat. But I mean, but July 23rd, that that's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. I'll take that one because that's the one thing that the race have always needed. It's that big firepower offense. And it's yeah. not like it's top five. It's the best damn offense in MLB, mm-hmm. no, no questions about it. I know people are going to throw, oh, the Dodgers or the White Sox. Show me the numbers. Show, show me the stats. Excuse me. Show me the stats. So the stats, they are, they, they're, they're just incredible. And six point fifty eight. I mean, that that you are giving your pitching so much more of a cushion, mm-hmm. so much more of confidence that even if somebody is not feeling a hundred percent that day, they can give up two, three, four runs you can throw a michael walker with a cutter give you five innings four runs and you can still win the game you can throw out ryan yarbrough against the red sox on labor day and be down 7-1 and still win the game let's go yeah and just the fact that man there's very few dead innings there's very few 
oh man, these three guys can't good luck getting a, an on base from one every of these and get every you've top got top to bottom one to nine. It's there's deep. yeah, so deep, very few holes for sure. The the depth is pretty pretty amazing. Plus the pure talent as well. Uh, it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sportsbook experts and remember use that promo code of ours locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n locked on at bet online today i want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle direct tv stream brings your live favorites together like never before which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part? There is no annual contract. I've said this before. I hate annual contracts. Kevin Weiss also hates mm-hmm. annual contracts. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct-TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. I'll repeat it again. That's directtv.com. Okay, Ulysses, uh, baseball trivia and name that war. Unfortunately, on the YouTube feed, we won't have the little Jeopardy theme music, but that will be on the podcast as a little bumper and layer for us as we stall and try to come up with the correct answer. Uh, You go ahead and give me some trivia, then I'll give you a name that war. Cool. Uh, I was looking at sprints. Sprint speed leaders for mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Rays. We talked about uh, that a couple of days ago. I'm looking at the bottom five, though. Okay. And I want you to tell me who the bottom five sprint speed leaders are for the Tampa Bay Rays in 2021. So basically, I want you to name the five slowest guys on the team. Okay. And does this have to be in any particular order or just the five? For now, just the five slowest. Yes. Okay. And a couple of parameters here. I assume there's no pitchers listed, right? No pitchers listed. And it's all active players. Correct. Okay. No, nobody that was on the team and then is no longer on the team. They should all be in the postseason roster. Okay. That uh, helps me out a little bit. Uh, Low hanging fruit here. Mike Zanino. Okay. He's in there. G-Man Choi. He's in there. Yandy Diaz. He's in there. Okay. Uh, he is, we've said this before, athletic. Athletic for a catcher, but maybe still not incredibly fast compared to the rest of the roster. I will say Francisco Mejia. He barely makes it. Good job. Four out, of, four out of five. Can you have five out of five? Okay, now this is where we get a little bit tougher because I've, I've, I'm done with the catchers and the slow first base DH types. Well, I'm missing one. I will say Nelson Cruz. Wow, you got them all. Can I, can I guess the sixth? Yes, sure. Austin Meadows. Oh, people. Kevin Wise brought it today. Oh, everybody. 
Let's Stand in ovation. Hand. Let's give him a hand. Wow. Come on. I know you're in your car, people, but, you know, just wait till the red light and let's yeah. give him a hand. That was awesome. Um, okay. You know who the slowest is, though? Out of all, all of those guys, you know who the slowest is? The very slowest has to be, with all his knee issues and his lumbering frame, G-Man Choi. Very nice. Very nicely. So uh, G-Man Choi comes last 25.2 feet per second. Zunino, 25.9. Nelson Cruz, 26.0. Yandy Diaz, 26.4. And Francisco Mejia with 27.1. Very, not, very nice. You. Very nicely done. I, this is might be the first time I've gone perfect. And, and it was easy. I didn't really have to think no, all that much. I no. just rattled through them. You look like Mega Cabrera trying to you know, shoot a home run to right field. Just, just easy. Just Thank an you. easy swing. Very good. I think we should have somebody look up. Let's get intern McGee over here and McGee. look. Yeah. Get over here. Intern McGee. Get over here, Chad. Come on, hurry it up. Uh, what Jose Molina's sprint speed was when Ooh. he was with the Rays. Lowest in history, slower. right? I mean, um, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> well, I mean, didn't Chris Rose get in, 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 in kind of a hotbed with uh, Molina because he said, oh, I would beat Molina to first and Molina got like really offended. Oh, my God. I would definitely take Chris Rose against Jose Molina in 2011 for sure. That You know what? That would have been a great, like fun marketing promotion. Hey, have fun with it. I know, you know, Molina probably wouldn't have found it that funny comedic but yeah. like you pick somebody from the stand hey volunteer to race molina to first oh. or something like yeah. that or, or like or, or you know the sprint speed of his so like yeah. can you beat that yeah can you beat that time something like that do it at fan fest or spring training although yes. you don't want molina to get hurt trying to you know leg yeah. one out whatever it may be anyway just just some food for thought there okay uh my name that war question okay uh where i give ulysses or ulysses gives me a player and we have to guess what their career or active wins above replacement number is right uh this according to baseball reference and the player i have in front of me uh, the Rays are playing the Tigers. This guy uh, played for the Tigers and had quite a bit of success with the Tigers. And actually, his profile picture is him with a Tigers hat and a Tigers uniform. Placido Polanco. What is Placido Polanco's career war? I really liked him. I really yeah. liked him. Um, very solid. Dude made so much contact. It was amazing. Um <laughs> I'm going to guess he played like around 15 seasons. So let's do some math for about eight seasons. He was probably like a four war player. So that's 32. That leaves me with seven seasons of maybe two war. So that's 14. 32 plus 14 would be 46. I'm going to go with 46 war. Oh, my gosh. You are so close. You are so close. Yeah. It is 41.9. That is Placido Polanco's career war. He played 16 years in the bigs, was a two-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glove, Silver Slugger, and the ALCS MVP. And I have some really fun, interesting stats on him. Uh, Take a guess. You mentioned his propensity for making contact oh, yeah, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Uh, the most strikeouts he had in any one season. Take a guess what that number is. No, it's going to be stupid low, isn't it? Um, how stupid low, though? Uh, I'm going to go with 
strikeouts, strikeouts in the 162-game season. 25. Oh, uh, you're you're not too. I mean, your your line of thinking is very close. The most he had, and he probably did have a year where he only struck out 25 times. Yeah, there's actually several, but the most he ever had in any one season, 47 strikeouts and 602 plate appearances. That's oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah, that you know that's kind of what Wander is, is doing right now. Mm-hmm. 48 hits and 45 sw- uh, swing and misses in the during this streak. It's ridiculous. The, the the discipline placido polanco very very nice yeah. very very nice throwback name although i enjoyed him although the difference i i enjoyed him as well the difference is wander seemingly you would think would have much more of a power profile yeah. than placido polanco who had yeah. 104 career home runs yeah uh polanco's career strikeout rate just 6.8 percent oh. unbelievable not only that but he doesn't get enough credit for how effective he was as a second baseman and third baseman. He retired with the highest all-time career fielding percentage for second baseman at 99.27% and the highest all-time career fielding percentage for third baseman at 98.34%, which are still career records. Very nice. Really, really good player. You just wish if... Maybe the the power numbers were a little bit higher. Oh, everybody could, wants power. No, no, teams. I'm just saying for a, a Hall of Fame case. Oh, oh, yeah. Like uh, he, I mean, he's in the in the Hall, Hall of, of Very Good, yes. which is a shame that we can't have a Hall of Very Good. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's a player that you know, not going to be a Hall of Famer, but uh, 30 MLB teams want him. Yes. on the roster at the top so, of that lineup, yeah. one or two. Give it yeah. to him. Yeah, and again, he was probably just a guy that was overshadowed a little bit depending on you know playing for detroit and maybe not quite the recognition in there and then uh with st louis it, everybody talked about guess who uh-huh. albert Pujols, Scottie, Evelina, all yeah. those guys too so polanco very very good player and very good guess on that i would think that a lot of people would maybe lowball him <laughs> a little bit uh just you know based on i the, watched a lot of tigers game growing, yeah, that's growing up because of miggy so i did get to see a lot of placid polanco and, and i always I always really dug that player. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, okay. All right. I think we both did pretty well on, on Name That War and Trivia. Uh, hopefully, go. we'll have Evan Klosky back on the show next week, and we can grill him a little bit and get some of his perspective. Uh, okay. That wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Bets podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.